Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mixtape Mixtape Podcast Podcast. I'm your host, Julia. And I am your co-host, Mike. No, you're my host. We're equals. Oh, we're equals. Okay. Um, every week, we pick a topic and we make you a mix. That's right. Mike. What's... Oh. oh. Uh, see what we did see there? We did? Okay. This week's topic is... Uh, the gorgeous ladies of, of rock. rock and roll. The glore. <laughs> the glore. <laughs> We came up with a whole new thing. I think this could be a show on Netflix. This could be Glorecore. It could be <laughs> Glorecore. <laughs> this could be like its whole thing. It's like a, it's like a whole wave of music. Glorious Ladies of Rock. So as defined, we were thinking about the kicking around this topic, and we were talking about the band Heart, and that's what kind of led to this. Heart tends to come up in conversation with us. You know why? It's because we're always shocked at how how hard how like really good the songs are and how much they rock they're all like anthemic songs and they're really good and for it's generally not my style of me music too. either me too. but like, I, I gravitate towards them i think because of the vocals yeah, oh yeah 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 i you know i'm i i'm a huge fan of cameron crow i've said it a thousand times i'm sure he's made a bad film I'm sure he has. Probably. Probably. Like the one where there was somebody who was a white girl that was playing a, an Asian girl in it, which was really bad. <laughs> I didn't see that one, but I've seen most of his films, and I find uh-huh. something redeemable in all of them. I really like him. But what's great is he's married to Ann Wilson, and she does all the original music for him. So Heart is, it's kind of equates to, it's like a, I don't know, equates to that pool of talent for me. And so I really, I really like him. I don't know when's the last time I've been in my iRock and I've put in a cassette of Heart and... Uh, and rock to it but anyway but we we had the idea of let's just do ladies who rock and we were thinking like 1970 to current has to be very specific because you could it's a very broad topic yeah, you so could we put, tried you could to play wanda jackson down. you know yeah. wanda jackson rocks ella fitzgerald rock yeah. you know what i mean like so so 70s um no punk yeah yeah not really any punk this is like rock like rock it's straight music. ahead rock music yeah um female fronted all female all female feel fronted yeah would be good i'm okay with singer songwriter if they're playing a guitar as long as they're rocking yeah it's kind of hard if you're not Mm -hmm. rocking but yeah um yeah so um and why not because women are the best and the better gender i'm just gonna say it now okay um okay well we could could make it about that if you want but um, that's gonna Um, end in i think women just don't get their do in music a lot of times too yeah i think that there's still the fact that we still talk about the disparity mm-hmm. of women in music mm-hmm. and it's it's been an active it's been an active a thriving and a dead genre let's be real music itself is a dead business mm-hmm. for the most part and uh as it as it is known right as it has been historically known and we're still talking about the disparity between men and women. So, okay. Well, and the fact that we're doing a whole episode of on women of rock as opposed to just rock, rock artists, yeah, right, you right. know, like you you have to do those things still. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, well, gotcha. All right, well, who's going first? Um, I'll do it. Okay. So I'm going to pick, she's in the Rock and Roll Hall, Hall of Fame. Uh-oh. She's had a 60-year-plus career. She really is, transcends genres she's tina turner oh yeah okay and has a huge prolific career and is so insanely talented Mm -hmm. especially in her live shows so hell she deserves to be on this list and we're gonna play proud mary word You know, you uh, you don't get much more legendary living legend than Tina Turner. So um, 
I think I've told you the story about how I saw B.B. Um, King one time when I was a kid. Did I tell you that? No. It was at the Anaheim Celebrity Theater, which is like a block from our, my house now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a theater in the round, and, and uh, I was probably a senior in high school or a junior in high school at the time. And I went, my girlfriend was, at the time, was really into music, and she was really a, had a broad palette of music she was into, a lot of, a lot of like more classic rock stuff and, mm-hmm. and, old, and oldie stuff that I typically didn't really like at the time. And uh, she takes me to go and see B.B. Uh, King, right? Cool. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll go see him. We go to this theater in the round, theater in the round, and we show up in like Vans and Levi's and <gasps> flannel shirts, whatever, and everybody else in there, all the, uh, you know, all the B.B. King fans are dressed up like they're going to church. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. feather boas and yeah. all this stuff. And so now they're all the white kids in the group look like us, mm-hmm. look like us sitting there watching him. So our seats are pretty good. They're about 10 rows back, whatever. And like I said, it's theater in the round. So the stage spins. So there's really no bad seat, right, in the place. Anyway, the whole time, B.B.'s singing and he's playing these leads. And it turns out the songs he's, some of the songs he's singing are like blue standards. And there's a guy sitting behind me. And he starts singing while BB's playing these leads, right? Oh. And so, like, it because it's 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 meant for it to be a duet or whatever, right? And so, I feel this guy get up behind me, and he's like a tall guy, and and, and you know, I don't think anything of it. You're at a show, right? It's a sitting in these seats, and uh, so then there's a there's a break, and the BB King goes um, goes well. What I like to. Uh, there's a legend in the audience tonight, Ike Turner, ladies and gentlemen, was in the audience. Holy we crap. come down, Ike Turner, and nobody shows up. And he goes, well, he's here somewhere. Anyway, this is for him, and he plays the song. And then the guy sitting behind me comes back, and his lady goes, Ike, BB just called you up from now. You know, and so Ike went down, he walked down, he shook hands with him on stage or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, and uh, and the only thing I could think was, wow, my seats were better than Ike Turner. <laughs> 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 anyway, so uh, I... Go ahead. Uh, I like I like the choice. Um, you can't get more legendary than her. So good no. choice, lady. It's funny what you say about dressing up to go to those shows because a lot of like um, artists from Mexico, mm-hmm. like older, like Los Tucanes yeah, or right. um, Los Tigres. I guess they are considered an old band. In, they in are. Los Tigres, yeah. Your parents' music, essentially. Really? People get, I guess, yeah, I guess. People get so dressed up. Again, like you're going to church, like you're going to a club, right. like you're out to be seen to go to those yes. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like we're used to you get off of work and you go straight to a show and what you're right. in. You yeah. know what or, you're in is what you're in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's an event for sure. Yeah, you know what we gotta bring that. I, I think I try to bring that back. I every time I play a stage show I like to wear a suit. I like mm-hmm. to wear some type of suit because I'm I'm I don't I'm I i do not think I'm the oldest member of the band, but I'm near the oldest. And uh you know I like to I like you know, I just look, I'm i I'm different. I've been around, I've, mm-hmm. I've been to these things a few times and I have respect for it and it's a job and I want to treat it with respect. You know what I mean? Well, any events, this is, I went to medieval times, people got dressed up to go to medieval times. Wow. Like you were going out for the night. That's crazy. And I'm like, I would never do that. I don't know. It's interesting. Like nobody does that anymore though. Right. Like you go to an event and you are, you know, you go as you are. No one, I guess we don't go to the opera or we don't do like things like that or, or see orchestras play right. or symphonies. Well, you know, it's, it, what's weird is when you go to different communities, if it's a big deal in the town, then it's a big deal and it's worthy of your respect. And it's yeah. worthy of going out. So if it's, you know, you play, even playing ska and punk shows or whatever in little towns, mm-hmm. like you'd play, let's say you're playing a club mm-hmm. in Des Moines, Iowa, right? And it's the only thing that's going on that night. There's girls that would show up like, made up and really nice with heels and stuff going to yeah. the show like going to say oh less than jake's playing okay great and they would go out like dressed well, that's up that's part of the scene though too that's part of that like vintagey rockabilly-esque type for less scene. than jake though um nah come on a punk depending rock on what part of the country you're going to if you don't go to shows that often and you i was thinking it was more like a scene. dressed up like i work at macy's like that like it was like oh, you know what i mean where it was like it, yeah it. yeah so it's more contemporary, like like made up. But it's like, oh, we wouldn't see that at home. Somebody would show up in vans and shorts and a mm-hmm. tank top or whatever to go to a to yeah. go to a show. So anyway, all right. Well, that was a tangent. Um, so uh, I I see you your classic Lita Ford. Okay. Or Lita Ford. Um, I just buried the lead. I I, I <laughs> your your classic <laughs> Tina Turner, and I'm gonna play Lita Ford, mainly because uh, was my first real 
I mean, other than Blondie, I guess. Like, hair metal was big when I was coming of age yeah. listening to music. And I thought that that's what music was. And I just thought music kind of sucked. Like, it's just kind of how it was, you know? Better music was played before then, and this is what music is now. And so we all kind of have to appreciate it. But I, uh, as a kid of MTV, I grew up um, in, with hair metal bands and videos. And Lita Ford came out with this song called Kiss Me Deadly. And I remember thinking wow, dude, this chick rocks. <laughs> so here it is, Kiss Me Deadly by Lita Ford. That was that is in the hey man this rocks that we were doing our compilation. <laughs> well, remember this one? Yeah, <laughs> that's a quintessential like '80s hair band. Hair band yeah. girl, and Lita Ford obviously was a member of the Runaways, mm-hmm. so I mean she has her pedigree there. Um, you know uh, that started by obviously Kim Valley, you know Joan Jett, and what's her name Cherry. Uh, what's her face? That's really gonna bug me that I. Yeah, you can anyway, come back to it. So, anyhow, there, there you go. Lead of four. Ladies who rock. That's a good choice. All right, what do you got? Um, I'm going to play... We'll just play this for right now, and then I'll think of... I'm going to play Carol King. Huge. Carol rock. King is rock. Okay. She's not your rock and roll, like hard rock, like you were just playing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she's still a rock mm-hmm. artist okay. and a huge songwriter, an amazing songwriter. She did the theme song to... Growing Pains? Gilmore Girls. Thank you very much. Did she? I think that's her song. Is it? No. What's the song? I, I know a lot no, of Carol King songs. No, that's not her. Never mind. Because I, I like James Taylor. She was just on so. Gilmore Girls. I think she was on Gilmore Girls at oh, one point. okay. Whatever. I'm wrong on that. But wow. anyways, here's I Feel the Earth Move. And oh, yeah. she deserves to be on this list. Sure. Yeah, she does. For Whoop. sure. King's a great choice, I think. But you said she's not, or you kind of thought she wasn't rock. What would you classify um, her as? No, no. And and because a lot of her songs, I think, are because uh, they're piano driven and a lot of them, mm. it kind of ends up that way. But then that's BS too, because there's a lot of great piano players that can rock. I was thinking more of like distorted guitars rock, yeah. but you're right. I no, have that too. She's a I... great songwriter too. And, and uh, you know, her... Um, Coming out at the time when she did, there was a lot of that, you know, the Joni Mitchell and then mm-hmm. her James Taylor and a lot. It's like uh, music at that time, it was inherently, it was either rock and roll or it was kind of like that. It was that singer-songwriter mm-hmm. style like that she had. But, you know, I mean, she's a, she's clearly an amazing songwriter. She has songs yeah. that like last for generation they're generational songs and written for other artists yeah well james like taylor obviously the beatles things mm-hmm. like that yeah so. right the beatles the beatles for sure um and uh you you've heard with james taylor for a long during his, a lot of his heyday and she wrote you got a friend obviously and i'm just reading here in her thing she was the first woman to win the award for you got a friend first woman songwriter hmm, wait that can't be right best pop female record of the year it's too late and song of the year you got a friend. Hmm. So she was the first female songwriter to win Song of the Year, even though it wasn't her. It was her song, yeah. but then it was made famous by James yeah. Taylor, who she was with, you know, so at the time, which is, uh, that's pretty cool. Like, hey, man, my lady wrote me this song, and it's like my, you know, can you, I mean, James Taylor one has a few hits, songs. but that's yeah. like one of the bigger hits, yeah. obviously. So pretty darn cool. That's a great choice. And you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna put her uh, on the list of, of artists that I have to get back into because she's really good. Um, I like that. Uh, I think I'm gonna break it up. You know what? No, no, uh, no list about women rockers would even be close to complete without this artist, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, it's Blondie. I mean, Deborah Harry. Mm-hmm. I still see pictures of Deborah Harry, like from the early '80s, mm-hmm. and 
you want to talk about like the whole appeal, let's say Gwen Stefani never really had that appeal for me, like a sex appeal, just because it was more of a local person that, okay. you know, that you knew, but you could see that where you have this person who is an artist, has a punk rock street credibility and is still a glamazon. Like she's this yeah. iconic beauty. Right. And, uh, every time I, st- I see a picture now of her, I think, damn, wow. She, she is so like, she's such an attractive, like woman and so talented and, and be able to front. I mean, people sleep on the fact it's hard to front a band, especially a band full of dudes. It's hard yeah. to be that presence and, and to know. continue to do it for so long. Too. Right, right. Exactly. So I'm going to play one way or the other, one way or another, just because it's one of the most recognizable ones. But here's Blondie featuring Deborah Harry. You can't not yeah, like you, Blondie. What are you gonna like, do? What am I gonna say? Well, oh, I never heard that song. Oh, wait, that song actually, sucks. Actually, I can break down the song for you and tell you exactly why it sucks. Yeah, but I, I can't. It's right. just a good song. No, and there's actually a documentary, a Blondie documentary, or no, I think it was on VH1. There used to be a show, and I, I'm sure if you have like a VH1 deme- on demand or a behind the music, what, sort of. But um, what they used to do is get the original tracks mm-hmm. of the album, and they would play it. Uh, and then you'd go in there with an engineer and the engineer would isolate, like the actual engineer who recorded it would mm-hmm. isolate things. He's like, well, here's what was happening here. Here's what, how we did this and whatever. And it's really amazing. The one that Blondie did, um, was, um, the one that the show that they did, I think it might've been just been for one album. I don't know. I, I have to go back and look, but it's really amazing. Cause it talks about how, how really, um, kind of groundbreaking their music was at the time. And you think about it, and they were incorporating elements of punk rock, but also hip hop, also, you know, more like reggae style and stuff on some of their tracks. Just a great band all in all. And uh, got the opportunity to to play a show one time with Clem Burke um, from Blondie and looks looks like an older version of Clem Burke in all the Blondie like things. <laughs> His hair is kind of the same. Yeah. And, and I was just like, man, this is kind of be you get to meet those people who for the music is one thing. That's one thing. But then when you look at their legendary persona that they are and how much they've seen, mm-hmm. and that in itself is so impressive. It's like, well, dude, time, tell me yeah. a story. Like, that, tell me something. That era of music is so instrumental to everything that came after it sure. and to rock and roll history in general. No, it's you're right. huge. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, well, in keeping with the kind of 80s, ish theme i'm gonna play the go-go's word i love the go-go's um happy 61st birthday to belinda carlo last week i think oh cool or like earlier this week that i saw them maybe three years ago at uh, uh i'd like to see them actually. i saw where do i see them we were in new york i think it was central park and it was like a summer concert but it was their last tour ever uh, yeah. but then they came back Come like on. A year later and did a bunch of other tours. Who's still falling for that shit? Yeah. Like, like why do people still do that? <laughs> like, the Rolling Stones do that. Like, yeah. every five years. It's like, you know what? You get people uh, to come out to see you when you threaten yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with that. Oh, no, no, no. We're, we're dying soon. Yeah. You have to come out and see us. Okay, great. But it was great. It was in August. It was humid as fuck. It was disgusting. In New York? In New York. I, it was, yeah. It was nope. the grossest I've ever felt in my entire life. Yeah, seriously. July and August in new york Mm -hmm. it's probably other than like maybe dc Mm -hmm. it's probably the worst place to be it's so humid and and like our hotel like the air conditioner couldn't keep it's all swampy yeah it was awful but we bought like cookies from levain bakery which is like Mm -hmm. the greatest cookie you'll ever eat and we took them out there chocolate melted all over you but it was so fun and then it was raining on us like there was a thunderstorm while we were watching them but they're great so glad i didn't go to that (laughs) (laughs) but if you if you only know the go-go's by their like the hit songs like the rest of their albums are great and the backstory like they started they wanted to be in a girl group yes like a 60s ish girl group um 
I read Alice Bagg's book, and I think she lived with them for a while, she where did, they yeah. were squatting mm-hmm. with, together. Well, um, not a lot of them. Uh, they lived there. Uh, John Doe was there quite yeah, a bit. Uh, there's are. X had a big in that in that whole apartment complex, mm-hmm. which we have to take a pilgrimage there. It's it's still there. So, oh, it is. Yeah, oh, under the big black sun. If you read that book, uh, John Doe wrote okay. uh, about that time. It has a extensive history because Jane Weedland writes part of the book, okay. so she talks about wanting to be in a band mm-hmm. and shoplifting shit mm-hmm. to survive and living there and Alice Bag being yeah. there. It's really great. But anyway, go ahead. And Alice Bag's book is really good too. Try, try to read that. And her new album is really good. Um, but this is How Much More by the Go-Go's. song and that's one people would miss if they only knew the hits yeah i guess it is a hit too but it's not as it well it's not big it's not our lips are sealed yeah you know but it it, it's that goes across as that comes across as one of these things where the bangle story is kind of similar with less obviously cultural influence than 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 theirs where you know you start off wanting to be kind of this 60s pop girl band Mm -hmm. and you turn into something totally different yeah and and with you know, with the Go-Go's, it becomes being close to the germs and X and all of this and this poverty, right? And the bangles, it comes from, well, my mom, you know, Susanna Hoff's mom's a producer and made, made a little bit of money. And you know what I mean? It's like, it was kind of known and had some connections. So it's like, you, you one or the other. And then they end up going more of like a rock, like a glam rock, almost mm-hmm. like a, you know, way. So it's amazing where things start and where they end up. You yeah, know, and uh, and I wonder how. I don't want to say resentful, but mm-hmm. are you happy with where it ended up? I mean, you are maybe successfully like monetarily, but in the back of your mind, yeah. do you always wish that you were still that little? Well, that's you know that's what a big deal it is to have a hit back in those days. Like if you had a t- hit television seat s- show, mm-hmm. chances are between the three networks or whatever, you got you know eighty percent of the adult population in the United States saw it, mm-hmm. right? Or if you had a hit record, okay, so the Go-Go's have a hit record and they're a stadium band immediately, right? Whereas, whereas, uh, or the Bengals are a stadium band immediately. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you get a hit record, what does that mean? I mean, if you got a hit record back then, you could, they, they their, their pension and retirement is now people will come to your shows no matter where they are, if they're a state fair or whatever, yeah. and they'll go to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that you have that success today. I mean, Pitbull's playing a state fair. I think you know? um, it's all Mr. about... Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> I like him. I really like him. Um, I think it's all about... And I don't know in what order the mini-sode's going to come out, but like branching off into other um, businesses. Mm-hmm. That's like nowadays artists all have side gigs where they're sure, yeah. promoting this or that, or they're... They have a mead company or yeah, they have a gin it's my, business. It's my it's you know? my beard balm company that yeah. I have or whatever it is. Like they have these side gigs um, that are the actual money for mm, them. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. No, I hear you. Anyways. Awesome. Well, good choice. Uh, let's keep uh, it going. I'm gonna keep it going. I'm gonna do uh, something a little more contemporary, but not totally contemporary. Contemporary. Um, yeah. This band, they definitely rock. I don't think that they're a household name, um, but I've seen them a few times. Uh, the band is called L7. Cool. Um, and the all-female punk band, um, sort of, I guess. They had this kind of slower hit. In the early 90s, they were on the original lineup for uh, for the Weenie Ro- Oh, no. Uh, Lollapalooza. Oh. Lollapalooza back then. So that's pretty darn good if you can make that. Uh, and... Uh, for this song, it's called Pretend We're Dead by L7. It. 
they played recently, and yeah. I'm bummed that I missed them. I forget if we were out of town, but I did really want to go see them. Yeah. I mean, they're often compared to, like, you know, obviously Ramones or Motorhead or a band, a band that's, like, real kind of bare-bones DIY. And you can, even in the singer's singing voice, it's just kind of a bleh, like the way they do it. But uh, signed to Epitaph. So they signed to Epitaph in the, late, in the late 80s, and that's where Pretend We're Dead came from. Uh, Butch Vig actually produced that, so Nirvana's producer, and it was after Nirvana that came out. So I like her voice. Her voice yeah. is like, I'm not here to impress you. Like, yeah, I totally. don't need to impress you yeah, with exactly. strong vocals or, you know. No, and, and being a band since the since the 80s, you know, they, they influence a lot of, I mean, Kurt Cobain was influenced by L7. You know, if you look at, there's a documentary about Kurt Cobain and he's got a folder that they kind of show in there and he's got two bands that of, of all he had like mud honey and some other bands that were on this folder that he mm-hmm. was writing his own writing but he wrote himself he drew a little l7 logo and he also has a teenage fan club logo on it which oh, i cool. thought was really cool so Jeez. but yeah so inter, i mean everybody talk about like you if you inter, if you like are an influence to kurt cobain you have a piece of you know rock history that you influence you know what i mean so uh, and then obviously, you know, bands like the Distillers, I mean, they owe, they owe a, they owe a, a definite, uh, nod to a band like L7. So I'm, I'm glad that they're, that they're playing again. So that's awesome. How do you have time to watch all these documentaries, man? Uh, I have Amazon, so it's like downtime, man. Make Is it, it the free stuff on Amazon? Yeah. Oh, okay. well, it's prime. Well, it's prime. It's prime, yeah. but you're not paying anything on top of it. I right? paid for the, uh, refre- the refreshments documentary. Got it. About, but yeah. Cause there's so much on there, but then it's always like three or four ninety nine, and I yeah. just don't p- feel like paying for it. But, um, my next song is a female fronted band. Um, it's still a huge band. I haven't really listened to anything new from them, but I still love garbage. I still think they're great. Yeah, Shirley another, Manson I, is amazing. Another Butch Vig project. So She's yeah, a gorgeous woman and the band is great. Um, there's last Glasgowegians, all those, all those people. I know. I Glasgow, love her right? accent yeah. so much. Um, but here it is. Let's play special. Cool. really well-produced song. So we're mm-hmm. playing two Butch Vig tracks back-to-back there. So you've got uh, Butch Vig um, produced uh, the Nevermind album. So that's like his big feather in his cap mm-hmm. as far as legendary music, but also worked with L7. Uh, and then he started Garbage, uh, started that band Garbage. It's such a well-produced song. We were talking about there's a oh. shaker sound in it where there's a dude just shaking that shaker the entire song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome. And yeah. that, when you think about it, that album sounds really good in that album is from 96 let's see i'm gonna say 96 97 hold on hold on 98 98 okay yeah it sounds like a really modern clean album oh to this yeah Yeah. for the to this day it will yeah Mm -hmm. you know uh, butch vig has gone on to produce foo fighters and jimmy world and everybody else i mean there's he's he's still a huge huge name and, and a great producer so kudos to him and to that song and you know from what i hear shirley mance is a very nice person i uh so if you're an li- uh, avid listener of the podcast you know that we did a live um broadcast uh, of the podcast on um kx 93.5 in laguna beach and there's a guy there who has a show who uh i think was there roadie or something but he always has shirley manson like calls into the show and, oh like, that's it's, so yeah, rad it's cool so support kx 93.5 if you are so inclined um well let's see what are we gonna do what are we gonna do next um more modern why not you know this band i really like um i'm gonna play it just because it's female fronted and it's it's probably early 90s here uh, but the band is called belly and the album's Ooh. called feed the tree and tanya donnelly is the uh, main person and we'll go into the history of belly and throwing muses and all these other bands that were all related all at that same time but here is feed the tree by belly I know all the 
people were freaking out recently because they just did a couple shows and they oh, haven't they? yeah and they haven't played in years obviously so they did a couple shows in la like a couple months ago oh really wow yeah. that's that's great the the band itself um had that a uh, couple of hits that was their biggest hit obviously but uh tiny donnelly was from a band called throwing muses which we don't play enough of on this show i don't think we've ever played on this I show i don't think we have um and left throwing muses and partnered up with ex-members of um of uh well actually no tony donnelly was briefly in the breeders with kim deal oh cool and then left that to start this so uh again they used the breeders producer gil norton who did um like doolittle and all those really good pixies records and uh put this album out and really great i went to see them in i was still in high school it was 1992 and uh, my friend I went with, um, she had just broken up with a boyfriend who I was actually very good friends with. And we met the bass player from Belly out front of the venue and she signed her ticket. She said, boyfriends suck, but you rule. <laughs> I remember <laughs> thinking, that is so cool. I love that. <laughs> anyway, so that is, uh, do, do a little bit more uh, deep dive into Belly because uh, you won't be disappointed. They're actually very good, very good band. Sweet. Okay. Don't hate me for this song. I already do. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Wait, let me find it. I just lost it. Okay. It's Biff Naked, guys. So Biff Naked is tied into Belly as well, but okay, go ahead. We'll we'll wait on that story, but let's listen to the song first. It's called Moment of Weakness. Oh, no, you are not. I like this song. Okay. All right. All right. Just a moment of weakness. (laughs) I know the song, so I can't be We don't need to play it. Go on. Continue singing. Just a moment of weakness. (laughs) She was... She was buff this chick was like yeah. yoked yeah all right okay Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not judging her. I think. Look, if you're an artist and you get played, you figure out a way to get your art out there. I think it's great. I just think that we were talking about kind of in the break, and, and um, Christine and I were talking about it. And you know, you, you think about an artist. It's like if you love the artist, you love the artist. It. There. I like yeah. plenty of artists that are just, you know, that have nothing to really offer other than the fact that I love them. I like mm-hmm. I love the band Scandal, like from the early eighties. Yeah, no. And you know, okay, great. It's mm-hmm. it is what it is. Female fronted, it's poppy songs, and they're great. But it's like, do you look at it like, okay, what is their importance in comparison to a band like the Pixies or a band like or a band like Belly, for example, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever? Uh, and did they influence artists? Is that important? Is that important that their artists? Is that important to people? you as a listener? Right, as a listener, and, and probably not. Probably yeah. not. You probably just want to rock out or you want to have a good time or you have an emotional connection to the song. So I think that's great. And I, I don't think I do. I just, it's a poppy, catchy song and that's why I like it. Right. Um, so, and I'm also not uh, 16 anymore, so I'm not embarrassed right. yeah, yeah, yeah. to right. like certain bands. No, for sure. For and sure. certain artists. So the connection is that uh, uh, Gail Greenwood, who played bass in Belly, um, ended up being in, um, being in, uh, uh, L7 for a little bit mm-hmm. and then was in Biff Naked. <laughs> Play it. with Biff Naked. So, yeah. The same girl who, same woman who signed the ticket that I really loved <laughs> turned out to be in L7. And I, I didn't know any of this before yeah. choosing the song. Yeah, so, so that's crazy cool that it all, that all kind of, there's a, th- there's a through line through all this. So, we need to, I think we need to branch out and get into other bands apparently. <laughs> well, maybe for this episode, we'll do like a family tree and right. we'll see where they all land. Sure, up. sure, like sure. Like a seven degrees of separation. Well, you could, seriously, there's people who do that with Belly, with, a, with that band yeah. specifically, because it's like, oh, they were in Three Muses for a minute and then they went back into this and back mm-hmm. into that. It's, it's crazy. So, anyhow, uh, pretty cool though. I, uh, you know what? I remember the video for the Biff Naked song and I remember kind of being impressed with it at the time. Mm hmm. And now looking back, we just watched it. And now looking back at it, I'm like, oh, wow, that's so poorly done. <laughs> but she, hey, she definitely had a style and, you know, whatever. Totally. She, I, I played with her on the Warp Tour a couple times. And she, yeah, pretty, yeah, hey, what are you going to do? Hey, she's entertaining. All right. So uh, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with a legend instead. I don't know if I ever played this song before. If I did, I apologize. But I'm a huge uh, Pretenders fan. 
I really Ooh. love the Pretenders. They were on my list too. And uh, I'm going to play Middle of the Road because it's one of the rockers, but I've said it on the show before. I know I've said it because I, I will tell anybody who listens to follow your passion in life because no matter what, how stupid and crazy it is, because that's what Chrissy Hine did. You know, she, she was a big Kings fan, moved to London, ended up marrying Ray Davies. So <laughs> pretty, pretty amazing. And starting her own band and being, you know, living with like, members of the clash and knowing Joe Strummer mm-hmm. and like from Ohio. So she went out and did that. It's like, what if there was a huge, I don't know. What if you were into like Bollywood music as a Californian? You're like, I'm going to move to India. And then <laughs> next thing you know, you know, all the people that are involved in that, yeah. all the heavies. It's, that's pretty crazy. Anyway, here's a uh, middle of the road. I just, I just like the song and here's the pretenders. Trying to find me I'm standing in the middle of life With my pants behind me I got a smile I like it. I like um, Pretenders. I like Chrissy Hine. I um, I think I saw them at Oreo Seco last year. You did. Which you was did. a great festival. I was bummed festival. that I didn't go. That was I didn't go to that. such a good festival, and they didn't bring it back this year, so hopefully it comes back. It's just too many festivals. You know, have oh, yeah, you, have, yeah. Do you read in the... Um, well, actually, I just saw it in a leftover register that was sitting in the lobby of my work. Um, mm-hmm. There's a little blip about um, Back to the Beach and uh, uh, what's, what was the other one called? Um, Sobroso and oh, some of the other festivals, yeah, the yeah, beach yeah. festivals. All of those. And how they're all, they're all, none of them are coming back. They're cannibalizing each other. Oh, totally. Well, all totally. of them. Even today, there's like two festivals going on. It's Sunday. Um, oh, yeah. It's a Sunday in August. There's a huge... Uh, festival in Long Beach right. like at different venues going on mm-hmm. and it includes comedians and stuff there's Viva Pomona going on in, in Pomona um, at the Glass House which is an incredible lineup and two very different groups but I can totally see that they cannibalize each other and even yesterday Viva Pomona was going on and then there was a huge like indie uh, fest going on at the Palladium as well and yeah. it's all the same audience so yeah right yeah, so you're basically uh, you're you're basically playing off people's allegiances to specific bands and mm-hmm. their willingness to drive. Yeah, and that's all it is. And there's let's be real, you have a everybody's clamoring for a for an audience that is dying and a demographic that would rather stay home, and that's the sad part. It's like and that's that's what's trending with the younger generation where they would just rather stay home. Yeah. Why would I go when I can just, I can watch it. everything's there. For everything's you. here. I don't yeah. need to leave. Right. Which is so bad. And, and I empathize though, as an older man now, like I don't like leaving the house. So I empathize with that, mm-hmm. but I've had years of going. I mean, how yeah. many shows you ever think about how many shows you've been to in your life? I mean, it's countless. I've been going to shows. Since I was 13 years old. I mean, cr- and not just going to shows like somehow you end up at a show yeah. or you're, in the back room of a show. Yeah. I mean, that's not everyone's experience, no. but no, marrying a man right. that's in music, we go to shows all the time. How many times? I just have to stop by for a second, and then yeah. you end up staying there half the night. And then for me, with you, it's it's good because your man doesn't drink and, and all yeah. that. With me, it ends up getting sucked into like, now it's two in the morning, and you know, mm-hmm. what am I doing with my life? You know. Well, <laughs> on the con side, like we end up hanging out so much, you miss a lot of the show. You miss all of it, pretty yeah. much, right? Because yeah. Um, but I'll I'll still go out there and I'll watch because I don't need to be a part of the the business. The talk. schmoozy. Yeah. Well, even the, there's not I'm, a whole lot of business that even goes on. It's a lot of schmoozy schmoozy, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, do you know this guy? Oh, well, he knows that guy. Oh, well, great. You know, oh, Willie. Really? Well, that's amazing. I really mm-hmm. liked this. And, uh, Which and is fun to see and talk to everyone. But then I'm still a music fan, so I will go out and see bands. Like even tonight. I think Casey Musgraves is playing. Yeah, she is. And I'm debating, do I go? She's the second in the lineup, right? There's like a big headliner, isn't there? Like a No, it's her show at the Greek. Oh, at the oh, the Greek. She's playing at the Greek. I have Greek. no connects at the Greek. There's Bummer. I think the Cure is doing a huge thing at yes. the Rose Bowl in place of like Yes. Um, yes. And that one has a huge lineup. I'm uh, I'm okay. I <laughs> I like the Cure. Like I, do I like too, I like the but Cure. I, don't I saw the Curiosa Festival in the early 2000s, and that was it for me. Like I'd seen the Cure. That would be the third time I've seen the Cure. Mm-hmm. And like um, I think Sunday played that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not thrice. There there was a bunch of bands that played. God, and of course now I forget. Uh, of but course. The Cure headlined it, and uh, I gotta say I watched them play for two hours. And I was like, that I'm good. 
Yeah. I, I think that I've seen you get it out of your I've, system. I've seen something close enough to when I was a kid. It's great. And now the only every time I see Robert Smith, I think of that meme that's going around the internet where he's all dressed as Robert Smith and he's all kind of heavier and bloated now mm-hmm. and he's in a golf cart sitting in the passenger seat just kind of looking pathetic oh. and the mean says says get in bitch we're going crying <laughs> <laughs> stupid <laughs> all right what are you gonna play um i'm gonna do some patty smith since you did Chrissy cool. Hine, i'll do patty smith um and this song is not a very grungy uh distortiony song but i like it anyway so we're gonna play redondo beach cool love it Everyone was singing rad i think that's great i think that it's like a definitely an east coast punk rock mentality where you do kind of a, a reggae sounding song about redondo beach you know it's like <laughs> of all the, beaches here's the home of black flag <laughs> yeah this, you know it's like but this has got to be way more beachy than any other beach they've mm-hmm. got you know that uh, going on wherever she you know and from from uh, new york and jersey wherever she lives love patty smith i love that uh i love that uh you know that she did Springsteen songs. Like, I think she, she wasn't opposed to as being a punk rock artist to do songs that other people wrote for her, uh, you know, which is great. And, you know, she, she just loved the art of it. And, uh, she's a great artist. Really like it. Really like her a lot. Um, so you have two songs left. I got one. All right. So make them count. Make them count. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of other songs where, you know what, I'm going to do this song. Um, not one you'd normally think of, but I really, I like the artist. She's a little more classic rock sounding. Uh, but if we're talking about ladies who rock, she definitely does rock. I mean, we could play, we can get caught up playing Pat Benatar and all these other bands as, you know, till the cows come home. But this one, I think she's great. It's uh, Grace Potter and the Nocturnals. And she definitely rocks. So here it is. It's called Paris. Ooh la la. She's a modern artist. She's like a newer yeah, artist, right? She's a new artist, yeah. You don't hear a lot of women that sing in that way anymore. Yes. Either. It's a sultry, the front man. It, she's like a Mick Jagger, like the yeah. way it is, where it's kind of like I use the sexuality and the bluesy part of it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a very distinct voice that's refreshing to hear mm-hmm. um, with all the very poppy high vocals that you hear now. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah, I, you know, here's my thing is, is the thing about this band, I like the song, I, there's several songs on this album that I really like, but is it an artist that I put in just because, man, I really want to be uplifted by this? No, it's, it's more like, uh, it has its fit where it's not an everyday thing that I play, but yeah, we're just saying like, why aren't I, if you were a musician, why wouldn't, is it that rare to have a front person that's it's kind of sultry and bluesy like that. Maybe it is. Uh, why wouldn't you just copy the, the, the Rolling Stones formula and try yeah. to do that like that? Like this band is very, it's very, uh, it's a modern version of a 60s Rolling Stones. Totally. You know, so a very uh, humbucker driven, which is a type of pickup, like a, like a Gibson guitar driven rock, you know. You'll figure out that formula. I wonder, I think it's just marketing. Yeah, well. It, it's mar- being able to market this person. It helps when you have a, six foot tall Swedish blonde that has a great voice. <laughs> it kind of helps. Yeah, but like, <laughs> she's not like a Lizzo who's yeah, captivating right. and has that personality. No. Like it could be, it's that artist as well, but I don't know. I guess that's the magic. That's the it factor, right? Because mm-hmm. Lizzo, definitely completely different. However, Whoops. Lizzo, definitely compelling and, and a great artist as well. She's so. awesome. Well, you got your last one, Okay, girl. since we talked about it and Ouch. they were kind of the reason for doing this episode. I hit the mic. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah. You're allowed. It happens. Oh, um, not repeatedly, but... Okay, so we're going to play Heart because this is How the... How do I get you? Yeah. <laughs> That's the song we're going to play, too. 
<laughs> because Don't worry, I had Barracuda on mine. See, I like Barracuda too, but um, this song's I love. See, I don't. Do you really... want to end with your heart and just let me play mine now, so we can end like how we started? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Play another song then. Yeah, I'll just do that, and that way we can we'll be even. But we'll end how we wanted to with your heart song, and I will play. You know what? Fuck it, dude. I like this band. I'm playing it. I'm playing. I don't care who who hates on me. Chicago's own Seether. Or the band Veruca Salt. The song is Seether. I love the name. I wish I knew more about the band. Don't know anything about them. Yeah. Like the band. So here it is. Here's Seether by Veruca Salt. female fronted bands from the from the 90s yeah like yeah and, and again veruca salt doesn't exist without bikini kill like it doesn't exist without mm-hmm. you know the breeders it's just it, it wouldn't that band it'd probably be something it just wouldn't be nearly what it is but man what a what a cool sound that the band has too and a great name i mean you know harkening back to the Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka, right, which is just a scary... <laughs> Terrifying <laughs> just... movie. But Veruca Salt was an amazing character in that. Right, right, exactly, exactly. She was a bratty, bossy little girl, and why, I mean, why wouldn't you want to be like yeah. her? Yeah, so it, if it sounds like that's something that is Pixies-esque or whatever, it's because the lo-fi part of it is Steve Albini recorded that um did a did a lot of the work around that time as well and you know so if if you're into blizz fair or hole or you know letters to cleo a lot of those were right around that time and just a just a great band i think they had a couple records um i'm looking at their monthly listeners well they're from chicago they get eight thousand monthly listeners in chicago they've got the third on the list they got toronto five thousand then la five thousand four hundred in la so hey whatever man i think that's great Good for Veruca Salt and, uh, you know, start playing again. Or maybe they do play. Wait, do they play? I don't know. Veruca Salt? I don't, I haven't seen. They toured earlier last year. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. As soon as it was March 9th, they were in Australia. Oh, they were in Los Angeles in February. See, dude, I'm going to go see that. I'm going to like, I'm going to make a little list of these bands. I'm going to do a little Google alert and all these bands and like, you know, make a decision the day of to go see them because... I, if I can ever get myself out of the house, like, you know, to go see shows anymore, <laughs> I'm like, I'm usually glad that I did. I'm really bummed, actually, because I had it on my calendar, and it popped up on my calendar. It didn't pop up when the tickets were on sale, but it popped up on my calendar to see the Abbott Brothers. They just played the Greek, like, oh, last yeah. night, oh, mm-hmm. two nights ago. And, oh, man, I was yeah. like, it came up on my calendar. My my work's, my work, my nine-to-five job has been really busy lately, so it came up, and I'm like, oh, damn, I wish I could go to that, but, uh, you know. And you could. Yeah, I could have. You could. You could probably show up right when the headliner comes on. Yeah. And, you know, stay for that. But it's just so much work now. <laughs> to get to the Greek, too. To get to the Greek, too. That's yeah. why they have a whole movie. Get them to the Greek. It wasn't about, like, the fiasco of going cross-country as much as it was getting through the parking. <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> the whole like, second the half hell? of the movie. Yeah, was... where the hell are you? Just, just you know what? Take an Uber, bro. Like, <laughs> they need to install, like, a zip line. Let's install a high tower somewhere that we could just zip into the Greek. It'd mm-hmm. be perfect. So, okay. Well, hey. So, good episode. Good episode. Um, you're going to play your heart song now. Let's end it on a high. A sad high. How do I high. get you alone? A ballad high. Love it. What are you going to do? You going to argue against heart? Hell no. Hell no. Do it. I like to I see won't. you try. Yeah, you can't. You can't bring it. Don't bring your heart nonsense over here. We are done here. We are done here. It's time okay. to go. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> this is how we end episodes now. Okay, bye. So anything coming up you need to talk about? Um, I got nothing. Got, she got nothing. I, I got, got nothing. I got some stuff, but it's it's months in advance. So we don't have to Oh, worry. yeah. Not really, though. 
Oh, Christina's chiming in Whoa, without a mic. Sorry. <laughs> you know it's bad when Christina's like, in. you got to promote yourself. Uh, so September 27th, Bite Me Bambi is booked. Um, we are playing with Fishbone, which will be a great show, uh, out in uh, at the Glass House in Pomona. Woo-hoo. So that will be sick. Get there about, I want to say about nine-ish if you want to see us. We'll be in the pole position second band slot, which is usually pretty good. Uh, and then uh, on October 30th, the day before Halloween, we are playing with uh, local legends Real Big Fish at the House of Blues. That will be a big show, and it will sell out. So please that get your tickets. That one will sell out. Yeah, Real Big for Fish sure. does. For sure. For sure. So we are stoked to be playing with them again. And, uh, you know, maybe before that, we'll get, uh, if, if Aaron's not on tour, and we get him come on down. <gasps> That'd be rad. Yeah. Maybe we can finally conclude our ska series and do a. Oh, yeah. We have to do a third wave. We're trying we to mess to around with who we're going to do the third wave with. It's Christian, yeah. Aaron. Christian, Aaron, somebody. Somebody Taylor, get on the, yeah. somebody get on the podcast. Who, who wants to talk about third wave ska? Come on our show. Yeah, seriously. Whoever wants to do that, and it's going to like, it'll be like, oh, my neighbor over there wants to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> he's all, he's that Hawaiian. Hey, brother, I love the third wave, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it was a good time. Thank you all very much. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to the podcast, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Mixtape Mixtape Podcast for show notes, pictures, and behind-the-scenes snaps. And while you're at it, head over to the website, (laughs) MixtapeMixtapePodcast.com for complete playlists as well as links to all the songs on Spotify. Just know that I worked really hard on putting all those playlists up, and I have feelings. Or did you work really hard at avoiding other responsibilities? Shut up. Just don't forget to tell your friends. One more thing. We know you're busy people, but go ahead and click to review and give us a five-star rating or comment on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.